Hello and welcome to another episode of Wealthy UK. This week I've got Charlie from API Global, who is the regional uh, director of API Global Impact for Europe. And he's also the managing director of Red Squirrel, hence the, the Red Squirrel signage behind him. But Charlie, it's great to have you here. How are you going? Yeah, it's good to see you. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. I think it was a few months ago, was I? Last review, wasn't it? I can't really remember, <laughs> but it was a few months ago. <laughs> it's flown. It, it felt like, or it feels like it was only a couple of weeks ago now, but it's, yeah, it's been about three or four months. It's incredible to think how quickly it's flown. Well, the market's flying, isn't it? So it's just a non-stop, non-stop at the moment. You've been staying busy. How have things been going um, at API Global? How have you been finding the market and, and where's the, the interest really lying at the moment to get straight into it? Yeah, yeah. So the, in terms of um, on the API side of things, it's just, it's not slowed up. I mean, I think probably most people in the UK English property market will replicate the same thing in terms of the demand is there and it's and it hasn't slowed down. So I think, and, and I'll give you some examples because I think people always like to talk about certain areas or certain things, but you know there was if you can look at liverpool i mean the last 12 months it's had a peak trough around 42 percent increase phenomenal you know those sorts of things are phenomenal what we saw over the last few years at the northern england you know the liverpool's manchester birmingham's itself etc performed extremely well uh, liverpool was stood out above all in the last 12 months to be honest out of all of them manchester performed really well again in birmingham uh, the whole Manchester area has performed well because, I mean, you and I, Chris, have talked about uh, ripple effects in the past and we've talked about London and how that filtered out all the way out into Winchester, Reading and all of the other areas. So what we've seen in Manchester, same thing, the Ma Manchester, oh, bless you, someone's sneezing in the background, the, um, the non- the uh, yes, yeah, so what we've seen in Manchester is the same ripple effect. So the centre really saw the heights, and now it's filtering out towards the the outskirts of Manchester. So it's been phenomenal, okay. To be honest, um, yeah. but yeah, Liverpool's probably the standout performer in no, the last it, year. Yeah, it really has. When you look at the uh, the Zoopla report that comes out every month, and you just monitor Liverpool. And I think it went from seven, a 7.6% 7 increase last month to about 10.5% increase this month. So yeah. it's it's showing no signs of slowing down anytime soon at the moment, which is great to see for the UK market as a whole. Um, but yeah, I think if you look in the history of investment, I think, I know you guys obviously focus over areas, but if you look at the history of worldwide property, the UK is always out. So whenever there's a crisis or uncertainty property is always solid because yeah. the it's ever taken for equity value to double is 15 years so you know it's always a solid investment so as soon as there are uncertainties in certain countries england is a place that people look to invest in so it's, yeah. it's a it's a great it's it has been would i have said it would have been as good as it's been when covid started i was definitely positive because I knew historic trends and, and I was I spoke to you about it back when it started and I told you it's gonna be fine like UK property will always perform well did I think it'd be as good as it's been the honest answer be absolutely not I mean gosh yeah. it's definitely far exceeded my expectations that's true and no, I agree with that I think Manchester's yeah. a 
Manchester is an interesting one as well because it's still seen some very solid price growth. I think it's about 8.6% for yeah. 12 months to now. Um, and so we've seen some solid price growth there. But then you look at things that have affected its livability, for example, and obviously UK was quite a horrible place to live during lockdown. Um, we were kind of, you know, copying the mm. worst of the pandemic and everything that was going on. Um, yeah, so it dropped London. down. Mm. Exactly. And it dropped down in that list of livable cities in the world. I think it's now ranked from memory 54th in the world, but it still makes it the UK's mm. most livable city. But think about when the, I guess when we are really, really back to normal, okay, there is a sense of normality at the moment, but I feel still feel like there's a little bit of a way to go to, to get to that normality again. And I can see price, there being almost a second wave with the, the Manchester market, more interest from international um, investors looking to get into the UK market. And now that Manchester holds the second, uh, you could say the second strongest economy in the UK as well. So it's it's ticking the boxes from a from a business standpoint, a corporate standpoint. You've got big businesses moving into Manchester. The borders are open. They're seeing, well, they're going to be back to, to normality again and seeing some a massive influx of, uh, of travellers back into Manchester. So I can see that livability standpoint going back up again, uh, improving its rankings, getting back to 35th, 40th in the world. We're going to have international students come back to the UK as well and back to Manchester yeah. University of Manchester now having uh, one of the one of the top ranked unis in the UK and I think it's ranked in the top 30 of international universities so there's lots of things Manchester's really piquing my interest at the moment not to say that Liverpool isn't but there's things at the moment in Manchester I think we could experience a bit of a second wave for the, for the market in yeah. Manchester in terms of investment be keen to hear your thoughts on that but um, that's kind of some observations I mean, that I've made Manchester has performed very well, as you've already mentioned. It, even though it already had a strong growth history over the last six, seven, eight years anyway, um, some people were suggesting it might have slowed down. But, you know, when you can see the peak troughs of things have been at 62% over the course of, the, uh, you know, the, the year, it's just crazy, really. And then, you know, even in the last month, we've seen it consistently improving uh, month on month. I think the th I think you yeah. covered all the things as to why Manchester's got that drive. Uh, yeah. You've got lots of different parts. You've got large businesses, ITVs in the world who have all moved there. So they're filming. Not only have we got all of the um, students and everyone returning and, and bits such as that, but you've got large businesses that have relocated there. Exactly. Um, it's a huge investment from the UK that have gone into Manchester yeah. uh, to be the, the, you know, all of the Northern areas are meant to be the sub cities, but Manchester has, has really, they set the trend at the start and they're, yeah. they're staying ahead. You know, they, they started it, this whole project and yeah. they are most definitely keeping there. Um, and I think it's only going to get better. Uh, and exactly. there's some really good developments and, and plans in the pipeline for the whole of the area. And it, I think what people forget about Manchester is it's a large, I talked about the ripple effect briefly already, but it's a yeah. large area. You know, yeah. I know that's, yeah, that's self-explanatory, but I think people just think about the centre, but there's, yeah. there's, there's far more to Manchester than people realise. I agree. And yeah, when you're just drawing on that point from memory, I think there's seven, about seven and a half million people that live within an hour's drive of Manchester so mm -hmm. that's just you know that's incredible that's almost London's population in yeah. an hour radius yeah. of Manchester which essentially makes it a London of the north you could say it's yeah it's incredible that's what people don't realize yeah people yeah 
People just yeah. do not realise that. But then obviously a lot of overseas investors have, uh, you know, over recent years, a lot of overseas investors see this and think, okay, I want to be part of that. Um, yeah. So some do, but I think the vast majority don't always realise that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting part. I think, yeah, Manchester's definitely got a lot of potential for the next six to 12 months, no doubt. Mm. Uh, be interesting to see what is going to happen in terms of that rippling effect that you mentioned and, and how it does continue Absolutely. to expand. And, and we're quite intrigued in Newcastle's, yeah, another one that um, I think we're quite interested in getting a couple of good developments there because although not everyone likes football, but the the thing is, if we go back to Manchester when uh, the takeover of Manchester City happened, yeah. the influx of investment from them in the local area was phenomenal. I mean, if you surround the Etihad area, it, it, the investment is brilliant and it's and it's yeah. driven businesses and population and all sorts and, and the the signs at the moment are um that the new newcastle owners are going to do the same yeah. uh, and that can only be good you know newcastle is a very special city in terms of the way that the individuals are there um it, yeah. you know they live and breathe it uh football and it and the plan is to invest largely so that would be really interesting as well. I think, I think it will be. That, that would be. I'm yeah. not on about to that today, but over the yeah. course of the next five years, I think that would be an interesting one, and we're definitely trying to find something there for our investors as well, I moving forward agree. as well. I think it's a great opportunity in Newcastle at the moment. It's you. You can get in before we've seen any wave really, or this new wave of Newcastle. It's got the foundations yeah. of what a great city consists Absolutely. of. It's it's you know not far behind the likes really of your Liverpool's and Manchester's and Birmingham's, but they just need that investment, the infrastructure investment chucked into the city now. Um, and I think that now that yeah, like you're saying, the Newcastle takeover has happened. And as ridiculous as it sounds to some people who may be listening, the impact that football in yeah. the UK can have on a city is immense. Um, and and as you mentioned, they're willing to chuck money into investment in the city, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, a week after the takeover. They committed 250 million pounds to yeah. a green energy project Absolutely. um and I, I know that's just outside of newcastle but nonetheless it's there for a reason it's going to serve a purpose for newcastle um so i i agree with that i think there's a lot of opportunity and from a price point perspective too you can get in and, and buy yourself a quality investment for what 100 let's say under a hundred thousand pounds at the moment it's yeah it's incredible from a price point perspective yeah it is from the entry the entry point in Newcastle. Like I said, we just got to go back to what what Manchester City owners done for the area. Yeah, it, it will probably. I'm not going to say it be a mirror and image, but yeah, you're going to see an increase in value. Um, and so. well, you can't put that sort of investment into an area and not see the the repercussions in there. So it's really really good. I mean, most of the northern areas are yeah. still sort of setting the trend. Yeah, you know, the Midlands and the Northern areas they're still set, they're still setting the trend for the English market, but that's just purely because of the amount of investment going into it. I agree. What's your um? What are your current feelings and opinions around Birmingham? I still think it's a very good investment. I think it's soon going to be classed as one of those places like London in a sense that once you've got your foot in the door in Birmingham, you're going to benefit from some good growth over the long term, some decent rental yield, yeah. and there's some awesome projects happening in for Birmingham at the moment. Uh, what's your what's your take you've on it? already seen it yeah yeah you've already seen it in birmingham i mean it's it's performed again it's a the, manchester and birmingham have sort of been you know the ones that have been ahead of everyone else over the course of the years but the thing is what people 
do forget the HS2 line is still happening. Yeah. And exactly. That is going into Birmingham. And yeah. as soon as that's done, that will give all of the properties an instant boost anyway, irrelevant as soon as they're in terms of a market value. So I think where it, the, the HS2 line project's been going on for a little while, people, again, they forget. Uh, and But it's a really important point. The HS2 line is going to bring 100%. all of the cities together. And it evolves around Birmingham. And, yeah. and exactly. you can see that. And again, the ripple effect has happened because it's gone out to Solihull. I think Solihull in the last 10 years has been the best place to live in, in the country three times. Uh, wow. So, you know, I mean, it, it's got areas such as Solihull that the ripple effect's going out to. So yeah. at the moment, you can get into places like Solihull at a reasonable cost. Um, right. Not Newcastle prices, but a, a reasonable <laughs> cost. Uh, and and you realistically still have huge growth to look forward to because yeah. naturally, as the UK market goes, it will increase anyway. But when the HS2 line is complete, they, they, they predict a 30% increase in the line. Wow. Uh, just because of the two line. Whether, that, whether it's 30% or not, see. But exactly. nonetheless, there will be. There yeah. will be uh, no doubt an increase be because suddenly brings everything together it becomes the center of all of the new multi-city northern powerhouse plan yeah and it adds that sense yeah. so of I, I think it's a great thing yeah and you've got the commutability to yeah. london and you know it, it's possible at the moment but it's net what an hour and 20 hour and 30 minute commute at the moment but with hs2 it's going to be as they're saying 49 minutes or 48 minutes whatever it may be um but nonetheless that makes that's a big difference half, yeah half your travel time and you can be in london so yeah i think yeah. that it's uh yeah like you're saying there's going to be a lot of opportunity off the back of hs2 uh and i think the commonwealth even short term the commonwealth games next year is going to be massive for yep. birmingham as well it's going to give them international exposure it's you know there's there's these great things to look forward to for Birmingham and then Smithfields the Smithfields Again, people forget about that yeah exactly I'd I'd uh, yeah, yeah almost let that one slip as well until a couple of weeks ago but you uh yeah you realise yeah. that there's a lot happening in Birmingham um and it's yeah it's an exciting place to to have an investment at the moment most definitely and I think you know the Smithfields redid the yeah. Smithfields project the Smithfields regeneration project that they're working on um as well that's going to be very impressive once that is all finished off later on down the track but nonetheless it's creating more activity for Birmingham and, and a reason why people should visit Birmingham as well and I think that's what's important we want to get more people in on the ground in Birmingham so that they can see what it's about and see how it has evolved and it's not the industrial workplace that it once was it's changed to a corporate professional top city top class or top tier mm. city now um and universities and yeah, exactly. So, great universities, hospitals, all, all, all it's all going for it. it all yeah. going, all going for Birmingham. I mean, there's, there's, there's so many positives, but it, it, all of that investment evolved around that HS2 line as well. Exactly, I agree. And it, actually, in regards to HS2, has I was trying to find some updates on it in regards to the link from Birmingham to Manchester and and Birmingham to Leeds and so on, but it's it seems as though on government websites they're they're kind of claiming it's still going ahead up to manchester and leeds and, and the likes but when you read the articles and there's talks about funding problems and and it's pushing the budget out and the 56 bill that was allocated is now not going to even fund the, the birmingham connection and but is is have you heard anything in regards to the connection from birmingham to manchester and and if that is still going ahead 
as as far as far as they've there's there's no, nothing official to say they're not okay. as far as they're going they're doing um look the problem i think we get with tv uh and articles is there's a lot of scaremongering that goes on in england it's a very unfortunately <laughs> english way uh and and media like to comment on things even if they don't have the facts um people like to write things even if they don't know what they're talking about uh the honest answer is they've definitely gone over budget i mean yeah. there's no doubt about that but then when don't when don't they <laughs> when, exactly. when don't they go over budget when they plan things um but they need to they've committed far too much money to not make it happen that's the other thing to to not make it happen now it will go down as one of the biggest failures financially that they've done <laughs> that the government have done so they can't afford for it not to be finished now um so they will do i mean that, that the problem is they're still claiming it's going to be done on the same timeline of what yeah. they originally stated that's okay. what i think will be different. i think yeah. i think the timeline for the manchester side will not be when they stated uh the birmingham one will but I, i'm not i'm not convinced okay. they genuinely will be able to keep to that timeline but they've got my point of view they've convicted they've committed far too much to not yeah, to not do that now there's yeah. too much too much gone exactly it's like yeah washing 56 bill down the down the drain and begin forgetting it never happened brush under the carpet they can't yeah, they can't go back now i guess yeah. the link from the no. tracks are down from london they've made people Birmingham. move homes yeah that's it they've made people move homes they've took them out of the homes that you look it, it's too much has been done um it, I, but i would be surprised they keep their timeline um because yeah. again that's not something that they've ever been particularly good at historically so. but yeah but i would i don't see it not happening there's too much too much has gone into manchester and now if you're some of those large organizations that have moved there already based on that long-term plan they're gonna have something to say about that as well yeah. as will overseas investors that have put money into the, yeah. the plot project so it's exactly. got to happen whether okay. it happens on time is a whole other story yeah it's a story for another day Let's see if they get there um and yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So, um, another question that I wanted to ask you, and, and this is more so on the stock side of things, and when we're picking out investment mm. opportunities. But from your perspective, what sort of yields should our clients be looking for? In let's just say, let's just use Birmingham, Manchester, and Liverpool as examples to start off with. But what would you be suggesting in terms of yields that our clients should be targeting or looking for, um, really, at the moment? than average yeah so it's a good question because obviously all the time i speak to people and they say oh i need to get eight nine percent you there's no logic behind what what they're asking for uh, when we're looking at investing in cities such as the ones mentioned obviously you'll get slightly better traditionally in liverpool at the moment because the entry point's a bit yeah. lower than the birmingham and manchester's but as far as I'm concerned, if you can get five five percent yield, that's good enough. What bank yeah. has given you five percent? None. What we've got to look at is the the whole the whole plan in terms of okay, you're getting yield, perfect. But the best part is the capital growth, and what we want is a combination. So if you're getting at least five percent yield or, or circle percent anyway, that covers your costs and your left for profit. Yeah. That's all you want from a property, because the plan is you will own this for a, a reasonable amount of time, and it will be worth more money. When when you come to investment, it will be worth more money than what you bought it for. And I think that's where people get confused. They read on 
TV uh, uh, on online or they watch TV and people state you need to get such and such yields. Well, look, the only place you're going to get those sorts of yields is if you go to the cheap and cheerfuls of which people in our industry call them cheap and cheerfuls. Will yeah. they get you great yields? Absolutely. But when you come to sell, are they going to be easy to sell? And are you going to make good money on them? Probably not. No. Yeah. But, you know, so That's I think it's, it's from an investor's point of view, what side of that fence do you want to sit on? One there, yeah. you've got a combination of capital growth and a reasonable yield or high yield and no capital. Okay. So I, I think for me, especially hands-off investors, you should always be looking at, you know, the, the, the combination of yeah. the two. In cities like the ones we've discussed, well, the ones we discussed, I, I do have people phone me and say, "Oh, I want eight percent." Well, yeah, you get an eight percent in these cities. I'm sorry, but that, that's not the way the world exactly. works. You know, um, exactly. it's just they've seen or, or read it somewhere and they think oh, I should get eight percent. Well, look, you can get eight percent, but not in those areas. No. Um, you get s- certain situations where you might sneak in the six the mid six percent wise but yeah. i don't see that too often either i think that's true yeah i think uh like you touched on there with with people reading things online or finding articles and, and all sorts of stuff mm. and you know on my phone every day uh, or on linkedin whatever it may be i see things pop up saying nine percent 10 year assured rentals and just think how is how is that even possible so it just goes back to, to doing your research in a sense for these people that are, are they coming across these options. There's got to be a catch at the end of the day, in my mind, at least like, I could be wrong, but Absolutely. there's, there's definitely some, some form of a catch there. Um, as good as they sound. There's got to be some form, but you can't, like I say, you can get, if you go for the cheap and cheerfuls in, in areas that haven't got regeneration projects going on, then yeah, you can, you know, you can find yeah. investments that give you that return. But, but it's about you. if you're an investor, it's different to just buying a property because you want a property down the road that you rent out. If we're talking about an investor, you're investing for the long term, the right type of investment. And that's got to be a combination of what's my exit strategy. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I do know developers and investors just buy them with no real exit strategy. Fine. Go and find your cheap and cheerfuls and whatnot. It doesn't matter. But if yeah. you're an investor who's considering one day I will want an exit strategy. That's when you need yeah, to yeah. think about where you're investing properly. Definitely. I think that's a good way of putting it. Having a plan, understanding what you want to do with your investment and, mm. and what your attention is come disposal of the property as well. Um, but yeah, definitely. I agree with what you've, you've said there. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it, uh, it is an important process. Now, talking stock-wise, and, and we'll wrap it up shortly, but talking about stock, is there a piece of stock at the moment that you would... You know, put your you'd put your life savings on it if you had an opportunity to buy whatever you wanted at the moment. But you working on some stock at the moment that you'd you'd really like to tell us about that you think is worthwhile um, people knowing about. Uh, and yeah, I'd, I'd be keen to hear what your take is on that. Well, life savings are hard ones. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not much of a you know what I'm like, but, uh, <laughs> but, but we're we're working on some ones at the moment. And I think a lot of options in terms of different investor points. If you want a lower entry point, we've got a fantastic one on the outskirts of Manchester at the moment in Bolton, for example. And again, people forget Bolton is part of Manchester. It is. Uh, so what are you doing in Bolton? You're getting a lower entry point because they're, you know, when we talk about the ripple effects, 
London started it and it filtered out all the way out to Winchester's and the likes like that. So what we've got to think is Bolton is actually only it's only down the road from the centre of Manchester and you can get into an easy lunch point. So for me, I'm not going to say it's one of the best developments in terms of my favourite developments we've launched, but it's definitely one of the best developments in terms of price point and entry into an area. Uh, So that's in Bolton where we've got, I'm focusing on Manchester here just because we've managed to secure a couple of developments at good good price points. But another one, um, which is in Old Trafford, again, yeah. we've managed to secure it that the entry points are quite good for that area. So, so they're two really, really promising ones. Obviously, we have the other type of investments when it comes to the higher price points, yeah. which we tailor. Um, so, but for me, in terms of hot ones that aren't going to be around for too long, then they're the two. Them Bolton. two, the price point for where they are, they're going to fly. It's, yeah. it's as simple as that, really. No, um, and, and I right. would quite happily invest in both of them <laughs> that's good to know I, I you sent or we've had a look at the the old traffic one together and it looks impressive the the floor to ceiling windows as well and it, it you know it almost looks like the occupier yeah, ter- stop mm-hmm. exactly big rooftop terrace and it's uh very well finished it's, they've, they've yeah, done a very good it job is. of it I, 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 it is very much yeah it is and then the, the other one is obviously the, the one in bolton is more finishes in uh what five months completion yeah. happened that one so that one's a bit more ready to go uh, yes you don't however you're getting a great entry point into a, a very strong market exactly. so i just wanted to clarify on it because i get asked at the time have sure. we seen a demand for outside of cities bigger than we've seen in a very long time absolutely i That's mean it's been phenomenal however that has not affected cities whatsoever. Even London, who on their own accord, I would say struggled <laughs> over yeah. this COVID experience, uh, they've not, they're not at a loss. So, you know, they've been the, what we'd, I would call the worst performing city in the country, London, because yeah. a lot of people wanted out to go to their country retreats or wherever. Uh, I mean, well, you know where I live. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, the, the, you know, a lot of people did that. Um, but have we seen that effect? Well, no, we've already talked about where the strongest performing ones are. Manchester, Birmingham, Liverpool, outperformed yeah. everywhere. So yeah. have we seen a demand change? Yeah, we have, but it hasn't stopped those areas because what people forget is they are that they are the new cities, really, uh, for the country. So. So no, I, I think point, it's something you mentioned to me before. Yeah. I thought I'd add it in there. Yes, yeah, we it. have seen unprecedented demand for outsider city stuff where prior to COVID, it was a little bit stagnant. And, you know, we look at the South Coast, it was a little bit stagnant. Uh, what COVID yeah. done for the South Coast has just injected it into with, with these people. But, but there's so many people wanting English yeah. property, UK property. It's a good point, um, actually, on the, the secondary cities. I think as well, you mm. you know, you've got those three, say three or four major secondary cities, which is the ones we have discussed this morning. But now, like mm. you've mentioned, we're seeing a shift to well, even you know the lower tier secondary cities in a sense, places yeah. like your Sheffield, places like your Preston's, your mm. as you mentioned, Bolton. Is Absolutely, another area. yeah, Preston. Yeah, gosh, um, Preston just got a sign off of. They're going to be building the, um, oh gosh, I've got mental block here. Yeah, you can tell we do it live. Um, <laughs> uh, oh gosh, they've just, anyway, they've just signed off a large build project. 
that will be built in Preston. I think, right. I, you know, that wouldn't have, I'm not sure whether that would have happened if it was, yeah. if it didn't come around. I don't know. 18 um, months so ago. That's been signed off for Preston. Yeah, which is phenomenal. I, I, I'll have to come back and remind me when we're off for this. I I'll, I'll clarify <laughs> I'll what that out. is. But uh, I'm having a mental blank. I, I've pre-warned <laughs> you about my last few days of uh, being, a, being a dad and husband. Sleepless. But, uh, um, yeah, it's it, yeah. the last few nights of being sleepless. Uh, but, the, you know, that would that have happened prior to COVID? I'm not, mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's I mean, point. we predicted Preston to have a good growth before, prior to COVID, but that that might well accelerate things so yeah, yeah so even the that's a good point. maybe not secondary cities but what would we call them third, third yeah yeah so cities, cities as such you know they, <laughs> the, the, yeah they've seen a real demand that they wouldn't have seen prior to covid so it's no, actually good no, for the market as a whole because the reason the english property market is always so strong is because there's hundreds and hundreds of different markets and it just drives it forward whereas if we look at other countries and I won't name any now because obviously I work all around Europe and Russia, but um, certain countries are one big market or maybe one area, maybe yeah. two at max. The problem with that is the reason their markets are so stagnant and go backwards is because there's no nothing driving it. Whereas in the UK market, they're all different. Portsmouth is different to London. London's different to Chester. Chester's different to Birmingham. Yeah, so exactly. Forth. So they're all they're really, really, really great. Market. That's why... That's why it's absolutely manic. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I think another <laughs> one note, worth noting actually is um, is Nottingham. Nottingham's an interesting one at the moment. I guess it's a very student-centric yeah. place, um, but there's a lot happening there, a lot absolutely. of development happening um, in Nottingham at the moment, and it makes a very sound investment similar to, to your or the cities you mentioned earlier, but it takes a lot of boxes from an yeah. investment standpoint. Uh, and yeah, I think Nottingham's one. been kind to that. Yeah. COVID's been kind to Nottingham as well because again it's sort of that city living but in a slightly different way um, yeah. so so it's it's another one that's performed really well um, and we sort of thought it would do well anyway but again you know that's had I think I, I can't remember but around an 8% increase in the last 10, mo yeah. uh, 10 months yeah it's impressive Brilliant. you know yeah. so COVID's done very well for Nottingham as well so Definitely. yeah it's, it's really good I mean, it's never a bad time to invest in England, so no. I'm biased, but I know the history. So <laughs> Exactly. So. No, definitely. Well, um, no, that's great. And thank you for, for joining me today. Really appreciate it. Thank so, you for right. jamming it in your, your diary. We got there in the end, um, but we'll have to get you back on the <laughs> Sorry, show. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> get you back on the show in another three months always, and, always. And, and do another update. But thank you once again, Charlie. Really appreciate it. And I hope you have, no a, have a great Thanks for afternoon. having me. No problem. And thank you everyone who's tuned in today to, to listen to Charlie and myself. I hope you've got some value out of it. And um, yeah, liked our, our knowledge sharing from a UK investment perspective, but we'll keep you posted on the next podcast. And please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we'll get back to all of your comments. Uh, but thank you once again. And we look forward to the next podcast. Thank you, Charlie. We'll speak soon. Thanks, Chris. See you. See ya.